It is Hotline Monday for May 8th, 2017. I'm Scott Johnson with Justin Robert Young. Hello, Justin. Well, hello, Scott. How are you today? Well, I'm fantastic. I've got a, you know, a spring in my step and a little a little a little goo in my chalk. <laughs> what that means. Oh, Jesus. Really? You should that's a, that's like a something that you should look up on WebMD. Seems bad. Yeah. I I've decided a long time ago, even no matter what's going on, I don't care how bad it gets, I'll never look at WebMD again. It's a long oh. story, but years years ago I had an experience where WebMD just made everything worse. So I think yeah. it's motto. Mm. WebMD, we make everything worse. <laughs> uh, uh, who said knowledge was a good thing is the motto of WebMD. Uh, uh, you will truly learn that ignorance is bliss once you make the mistake of coming to WebMD mm. because you've got seven slideshows that uh that are there to make you believe that your back pain is cancer they are unreliable actors in this world that we live in yeah i don't like them but you want to know what is reliable what's that Uh, the fact that guardians of the galaxy volume 2 has come out yeah uh uh let's get all everything that is not spoilery uh out of the top including we did not set stakes for our 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 over under rotten tomatoes uh, but I believe that that was a hearty win for one Scott Johnson as yeah. we had uh, the over under, I believe, at 88 mm-hmm. uh, settling right now at 82. Yeah. Guardians I, of the Galaxy. I really Ball. thought I don't know what I was thinking. Why didn't we have stakes? I didn't even think about it. The one the one time I win, there's nothing on now the line. Well, no, no we, we can set it right now. Usually what we do is somebody has to post something embarrassing on their Instagram or their Twitter, like a social media uh, thing of, of, of your choice. So I, I will I will submit to you now. Uh, go ahead and 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 do your worst. Uh, I will I'll be happy to pay my my troll toll. All right, Instagram audio on capture an actual human fart. Doesn't even have to be yours. <laughs> on Instagram, just. An audio clip of somebody farting. Yeah, I, I mean, I could make it worse and say it has to be you, but you can be. It can be anybody. That you I don't know. know if I have that kind of control, Scott. <laughs> but but uh, I'll definitely find a fart and I'll put it up on my Instagram. All right, that, that's that 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 that's done. Consider that done. That's all I can ask. Um, but yeah, that movie came out and um, made a bunch of money. We'll we'll talk about all that in a minute. But before we get to spoiler, we should probably for those who are still here and are planning on leaving as we sound the bell of spoiling. Yeah. Uh, probably get your take like what what's what's your overall like how'd you feel about that second outing uh so i love the movie i i really 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 liked it and i think there was a moment that i had about halfway through uh, and this is where we can kind of get into the the finer points of of it where i was like wow this is definitely not the first movie it's it's slower mm-hmm. uh than than the first movie but then by the time that it got to where it was going I thought it was really rad and and something that I, I very much was disappointed by in some of the reviews were uh, it got a lot of the map, nah, same old Marvel, same old Marvel, same old Marvel. And if it's like, yeah, there's always going to be superheroes fighting mm-hmm. in Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. That's, you, you know, you're never going to get rid of that. I don't know if we want them to get rid of superheroes. Oh, no. In this movie, none of the superheroes fight. Um, I don't know if that's the case, but I thought that it was very different from 
the the Marvel structure. It, it was, in fact, probably the most different in in the Marvel structure than I've I've seen before. And I think it it told its story very very well. So I felt very good about it coming out of the theater. And the more I've thought about it, the more I've really liked it. Yeah, I'm the same. I I think almost exactly the same. There's only one part, and I'll tell you about it in spoilers. Oh, but there's God. one part this I is- hate. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I don't want it to we be there. We just need a Hall of Fame of like random stuff in movies that drives you up a wall yeah this one drove me up a wall back down the wall and you might even say through one wall on this side and back through this side wall all right all right Mm, you might get that little reference there folks listening at home but yeah i didn't uh i didn't like here's how mad here's how mad you were about it i was you were i was just uh you know searching for reactions as people were getting out of the seven o'clock west coast showing so when i was getting out of it and i was writing my little twitter review for it yeah and you immediately hit me up and you're like i loved it except for this part and then you had a a kind of oblique <laughs> reference to it right yeah i didn't want to you know and, and then like i two things down you were yelling to somebody else about it but i guess it had become so incensed that you were just yelling with like without hints you were just like except for the stupid blank scene <laughs> um, yeah at some point i got I got. I had to just sort of let it out, but but it it, yeah. I, I listen. The, the the part I'm referring to, we'll get to in a minute, is a small nitpicky thing. So I'm not gonna. I'm not planting a flag in this thing and and circling around it and and you know holding on for dear life. I'm I'm perfectly willing to say right up front that it was just me being nitpicky and it's not that big a deal. But it <laughs> it's just like, it's literally a a whatever. Every let's, every let's, Marvel oh, movie has this. Here. Spoilers starting. All right. Bing, 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 bing. This bing, is the dividing bing, line bing, right there. Bell. Yep. Right down the middle. So if you don't want to know any, go away. If you want to hang out and listen to them, great, because here we go. So I'll just tell you real quick what it was. So we can get this out of the way. Yeah. There's this scene where uh, the celestial father, uh, yes. Ego, played by uh, uh, Kurt Russell, uh, old Kurt Russell, not his awesome-looking young Kurt Russell from the beginning of the movie. That looked really good, by the way. Yeah. I think they're perfecting that. It's starting to look. It's starting to look normal. So normal, it's also kind of freaky. But anyway, it actually made me hate Rogue One more. <laughs> yeah, that could have. I mean, I don't know. It's a different. Like, how is Marvel so good at this? Where they did, you know, they did young uh, 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 Michael Douglas mm-hmm. in Ant Man. Like they did the, the 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 creepy the creepiest one was Tony Stark in Civil War mm-hmm. where they did young Robert Downey Jr. But it, that kind of got a pass because it was supposed to be a simulation. Mm-hmm. Um, but Even, this one was like, oh my god, this is this is like he's gonna step, he's gonna go get done banging Star Lord's mom, and then <laughs> like go escape from New York. Like that dude, yeah. No, it was impressive. And we had just seen for film sack the week before we just saw escape from New York. So we have just seen that version of him with that hair. uh, No eye patch, obviously, but you know, that kind of young version of him is twenties, early thirties kind of version of Kirk, uh, Kirk uh, Russell. And they totally nailed it. I did a little looking on this though. It's not just simply CGI. It's this other technique. And all three of the movies you mentioned use this technique. It was first pioneered, in uh, the uh, Benjamin Button Grows Old or whatever the hell that movie was called. The Endless Age of Benjamin Button. Benjamin Bratt Grows Old. What's it called? No, Benjamin Button. You got it. All right, that's it. That movie used it first. Uh, They used it in the reverse, though, to create old Brad Pitt. 
In this case, you're creating young versions of these guys. It's not simply just a CGI face with uh, motion cap. It is much more than that. And it's, it's a little more practical. Uh, it's like a bunch of 2D layers that are used of old versions of the actor layered in on top of each other in a very manual way. Apparently, it's a very painstaking and a total pain in the butt. And then there's some cute computer-aided stuff on the other end to kind of keep it all together. But they're getting close to, like, nailing it. And part of what makes it work, though, is you have to, don't have to, but you should have the older version of the actor to do the, the motion capture. Yeah. And then you have all his previous footage that you slap on now there. Why they couldn't do that with, with Princess Leia at the time, I don't know. She hadn't passed at the time of the making of that movie, so oh. she could have done it. And then I don't, and in, and in Tarkin's uh, deal, maybe they just couldn't find somebody who had Tarkin's, you know, bone structure or something. I don't know. They shot it with a guy. There yeah. was a guy there. Yeah, and, and actually when you see that guy with the little dots on his face and the ping pong balls and stuff, he kind of looks like young Tarkin. So, could have probably had him do the do the movie. Anyway, this is just going to get us into more uh, uh, pooping on Rogue One. Whatever. Fine. We'll move on. <laughs> Every chance I get. So anyway, middle of this thing, he's fighting Kurt Douglas. I mean, Kurt Russell. I say oh, that every geez. time. He's fighting Kurt Russell in the inner part of this planet that is basically him. Uh, he's yes. a planet, and he's created a, a a a version of him that's got man form that he can kind of move around and do stuff. And that's who that's who this Kurt Russell guy is. And this giant brain thing is controlling the planet. And they're down there fighting, and at one point. Uh, you you realize that what's his name? Uh, uh, Peter has the power he does, or at least some of it, because he's his son. So, which, which had been set up earlier as as uh, uh, ego the the as we find out the villain of our story. Yeah, uh, has been trying to find an offspring, has been pollinating the galaxy <laughs> for for an offspring, and has finally found one that has a connection in the way that he has a connection and uh sways him to to his side of the street by promising him the gifts of 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 gods and he has a very funny line about the weird statues that he's gonna make right yeah so he makes some comment earlier that i'm gonna make weird stuff like he mentioned pac-man and heather locklear and right 80s stuff right funny 80s references which was fine that's fine now, many have pointed to me and say, Scott, that's when he projected it. That's when he said he was going to do it, so it's okay now. I disagree, because later when he's fighting with his dad, they both are able to, uh, you know, psychokinetically move all these stones and rocks from the core of this planet and have it cover them in whatever shape they want. And uh, Kurt Russell Kurt decides... Kurt Russell is a larger Kurt Russell. <laughs> yeah, he went with, like, just, I'm Kurt Russell, but a giant rock Kurt Russell. I'm a giant rock Kurt Russell. Yeah. And smash cut to Star-Lord, who is also assembling stuff, uh, only to realize that it is Pac-Man, uh, complete with the, like, quack, 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 yeah. like Pac-Man. It did sound. the total waka, waka, waka sound. That may be the problem. It's not, see, let's, let's go back. My problem isn't that Chewbacca swings on a vine in the third Star Wars movie, episode six, and swings from, like, an, an uh, at-at to whatever he's doing in the trees, that isn't my problem. It's that he yeah. yells the Tarzan yell while he does it. So this Pac-Man thing may have worked for me if it was just a big rock Pac-Man and not the waka waka sound seemingly coming from nowhere. Okay. Uh, Do you understand why I hate that? And every movie has this. That's That scene, in fact, the whole thing, it's almost like my jumping the shark kind of like idea of this sort of thing in a movie is Chewbacca going ah, on a freaking rope. In yeah. 
Empire Strikes Back or uh, Return of the Jedi. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And that's what this was for me. You don't put the waka waka in there. You hold back. You pull back and go, the Pac-Man's enough. You don't need to make the sound. You shouldn't even do the Pac-Man, but if you're going to, just yeah. don't do the sound. All right. Uh, it's a cutaway joke for 2.5 <laughs> seconds, and I laughed. And so that's pretty much my only commentary. I'm not invalidating yours. I'm just saying that I thought it was a funny moment and I laughed in the theater. And that's mm. and, and I can understand for whatever reason, you get these things in your head and you can't stop thinking about them and they drive you up a wall. It is part of being your friend and talking about these things. Yeah. I have come to understand them. We all can live with them. I think that it's 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 fine, but it did not bother me. No. All right. Just so everyone understands where I'm coming from, a couple other examples. Avengers 1. I don't see how that's a party. Okay. That's, that's, that's really, that defined the genre for me. <laughs> I hate that line. It needs to go away. It sucks. Uh, second time or another time this happened to me. Uh, I can't stand it when Indiana Jones. And no, these are all like big, loud, great for kids kind of movies that I'm referring to here. Yeah. None yeah. of these are like some serious movie. Uh, but like when, let's see. Um, no, you're not like like the girl in red in Schindler's List just totally took me out of it. Like it's always about dumb movies. It's always a dumb movie. It's a big popcorn movie, and yeah. I just think they get away from themselves fun. a little bit. It's not a dumb movie, especially because they're having fun. And yeah. this movie is all about fun. If anything, Guardians Two is a way more fun movie. It's way more, way more levity, more, way more humor, way more moments of of satirical laughter, and it on the for the most part kind of nails it. Does a really good job. Yeah, uh, it's just that one that one time I went up oh, too far, took it too far, back it up. And then later, I mean, listen, there were five uh, credit sequences. The yeah. Stan, the Stanley one was dumb. Like, what are you doing? He's up in space sitting on a rock talking to those big brain dudes that are in in Marvel. What? Why? The watchers. The watchers. <sighs> yeah, but what's he? What, but why is he up there? Why is Stanley? They brought him, they brought him up there. For what? The watchers. But in the past, every other cameo he's ever done, he's just some bystander. He's not he's not Stan Lee in these things. No, but he's telling them about his cameos because they are the final arbiters and the the heralds of the universe, of the galaxy. Mm. And that that they're only you know that deep poop is about to happen if they show up and start talking to you because they know how this story ends and they're warning you about it. And that's like their only sign of uh humanity otherwise they're just chilling out there in wherever the watchers chill and and in this one whatever i thought it was listen you're staying after the credits and granted (laughs) this movie makes its credits more of a part of the show than not only i think movies in general but even marvel movies i agree made it a big deal like all the credits are stylized there's always stuff happening at the end of this movie there's like a a very much in the vein of like the Star Wars disco mm-hmm. uh, trend of the of the late seventies. They have their own Guardians disco song that you realize by the end of it is being voiced by David Hasselhoff, <laughs> which is worth uh, uh staying for. Um, oh, by the way, that should have been a moment in the movie, the David Hasselhoff moment, where the dad turns briefly into David Hasselhoff and yells as the actor David Hasselhoff. That should yeah. have been one of these. Waka Waka, or I don't see how this is a party moments. It really should have been, but it was definitely handled. It was really well done. It wasn't about, eh, stunt casting, look. It was, remember all those mentions about, I basically grew up with Hasselhoff as my hero because I didn't really have a dad. So 
I had this guy with a fast, cool car that could talk, and that was rad. And so not only that, but now you have the context of his real dad getting pissed and morphing just briefly into, uh, you know, your surrogate dad, David Hasselhoff, was really actually really affecting, like really powerfully affecting and funny at the same time. Like I thought I went, oh, my gosh, James Gunn, you're a freaking genius when you yep. pulled that off. So put, take the Pac-Man back and knock it off. Enough with the Pac-Man. It's fine. Okay. you it, it drives you up a wall. It's fine. For everybody else on the planet, it was a funny little thing. He made reference to it earlier. He turned into Pac-Man. He gets punched. The Pac-Man falls apart in two seconds. Yeah. Like He wasn't like, finally, my new power. Wonka, wonka, wonka. He didn't like, do it again. It was five seconds. All right. All right. I'll get, let me give you one more thing. that would If this happened in, like say, Fury Road, one of my most hallowed films of all time. I love Fury Road like I, know, I love no other movie. If yes. there was a scene in there where Furiosa grabs the side of a truck and her hand's up near Max's face and Max sees her hand and goes, well, your nails are on fleek, love, or some shit like that. That's the same thing. I would have been like, gosh, dang it, dude. You didn't need to do it. You can mine the humor. You can mine the references in a much more smart, less dumb obvious way so there that's all i'm gonna say about it that's the only thing i didn't like i liked everything else about this movie well, i sure. liked it all you seemed even a little bit less uh, uh exuberant about it on twitter than i did you seem to be no uh, no, no no i i i loved it i mean really i think the biggest thing is that what i would warn anybody going into it is that it is not as fast a paced movie as the first one and, hmm. and like part of any sequel when you go back you wind up kind of parsing to yourself okay what got me back in this theater if i'm really looking at like what are the ingredients that i loved about the first one and i think very obviously if you if you were to dissect guardians of the galaxy it's a fairly typical kind of marvel with a capital m script where the good guys get a thing and then they lose the thing and the bad guy gets the thing in the third act. And then they have to storm the castle to nullify the fact that there's the thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but it like that script, that kind of script is designed to bring our heroes into a million different places. And they do that in every in every Marvel movie with Guardians. It was a lot more colorful because they're out in the cosmic universe and they can do a bunch of stuff and meet a bunch of fun people that you wouldn't normally run into. If the story starts with, you know, Captain America running around downtown D.C., mm, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the difference is with this movie is that ultimately this is a very like themed out. It, it's it very much is is like Civil War, where it's about these kind of larger themes that are all about internal conflict. And it's not bound to the idea that we're going to do the sort of Marvel story. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was tremendously affecting uh, uh, to to see kind of Star-Lord and everybody. I mean, that it, I think it's a really smart script because everybody has their own little version of what's family. Mm -hmm. And when do you know when family is abusive? Yep. Like, what is the line between sacrificing for your family and being poisoned by your family? Yep, I agree. And, I agree. And what can you expect? You know, and, and you get all these really, really cool stories. Uh, uh, and obviously, Peter Quill is is the center of two or three of them. Mm -hmm. But 
you know, I, uh, I thought by and large it was it was fantastic. It was definitely. I mean, listen, here's all you need to know. The 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 most famous song out of the first movie, yeah, was the Uga Chaka <laughs> song, uh-huh. right? Yeah, the Uga Chaka song. I'm sure is what it's well, called. The most uh, uh, affecting song in this one is either, you know, Cat Stevens' father and son or Fleetwood Mac's "The Chain," yeah. and you know those those songs are very much like the movie. They are driving. They have undeniable melody and uh, and resonance, and yet these are songs about sadness and this is a movie about sadness mm-hmm. yeah which is interesting because it's juxtaposed the entire time against a movie about um free form uh adventuring in other words there's not a lot of when they when they do slow down sure there are these moments right but it's still a big goofball movie it's like the comic it's based on it's this big loud colorful uh psychedelic kind of experience Oh, I, I think it is by far the most visually impressive Marvel movie. Oh, by, way by far. And the thing cost $20, 30000000 million less than the last one. I don't understand how you did that. That's weird to me because sequels mean actors get more money. It usually means bigger effects budgets. It usually Wait, means really? a lot of things. Yeah, we, we looked it up. Cost of making this versus cost of making Guardians 1, less money by 20-some million, which blew my mind. I still don't know if I even believe it, but that's what I found on uh, whatever that site is we use sometimes for that. I forgot the name of it, but yeah, but production yeah. budget. No, 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 no. You got it. You got it flipped. Do I have it backwards? I yeah, swear we did this. 170 t- million for one, 200 million for uh, for two for volume two. Yeah. Oh, well, then I did have it backwards. Never mind. Well, that makes sense because everybody gets paid more. But even then, that's yeah. impressive because it's, I mean, kind of jaw dropping. And I know it's a lot of CGI. There's a lot of green screen. There's a lot of stuff going on that we're we're used to seeing, but maybe the best I've ever seen in a movie that I can think of right off the top of my head where it's this much wall to wall. And there are set pieces in this that are all really impressive and feel like they are the ultimate moment in multiple movies. So the sister coming after the sister with that, with that ship and the way that goes down in the cave, incredible stuff. Uh, Them getting out of the cave was equally as incredible. Everything that happened with that planet internally and externally was super amazing. Uh, Exterior shots, the fights with those remote controlled drone from the gold people like yeah. amazing like i'm i easily the most impressive visually a marvel movie has been i can't think of one that's even close i love i loved the uh the 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 sovereign being this like uh this <laughs> tony patrician uh you know like master race kind of uh, uh kind of place that has their own little enders game uh, you know, a squad mm-hmm. to kill people like that's just uh, I thought that was really rad. And, and you know, listen, the performances here are, are great because this is a movie that I think can fall apart. That the script is really challenging, I think, for the actors, especially Drax and Gamora, because they effectively just get sidelined as like we don't give a poop about them house guests about halfway through the movie. And mm-hmm. they've got to continue to make, uh, uh you know, make themselves worth it and not just be the other guys and dave batista the lady who plays mantis uh zoe zaldana and and specifically uh well what's her butt karen gillian yeah i think does a fantastic job of you know those are hard, harder roles to play like when when you're not when you don't have the fallback of like oh i gotta be running from this point to that point or like someone's trying to flip this switch and i gotta stop them 
And so you can like act by way of the story. This is a lot of them sitting on couches and and like killing time mm -hmm. by talking to each other. That can be a boring movie if you don't really like these characters and the performances are spot on. Yeah, and they did that here. It, it's like Star Trek movies. It's it's usually Picard, Riker if you're lucky, usually Data. So it's like Picard, Data, and then the rest. And the rest have nothing to do or they're barely yeah. in it. Or you're like, where the hell was Riker? Where was Deanna Troy? Like, it's always frustrating to see a Star Trek movie. Because it's always one or two people to get all the focus. Or it's like it's like like X Men, mm -hmm. where like at some point, all right, Storm, just sit in the corner until somebody <laughs> needs to change night to day or something, or we need fog or something, whatever. Yeah, same deal. In this case, I never felt like that. If anything, I felt like Peter Quill was not the main character in some it's it's in some small way. Like he obviously was, but there there are moments where. I realized, oh, I've barely even seen that helmet on him. He's not even really Star-Lord half this movie. Not even a third of this movie is Star-Lord. He's flying around half the time with his helmet off. And then there's, I'm way more invested in the uh, the rocket, um, what's what's uh, freaking Merle's name? Z not Xanadu, Zondu, Randu. Uh, yeah, yeah, Zan, uh, Yondu. Yondu. Yondu and Rocket's little side story. Didn't expect that to affect me the way it did, but it totally did. No, uh, yeah. I saw a little criticism that that was maybe hammered home a mm, little too much, that, mm. that you could have told the same story between two kind of roughneck badasses who are secretly hurting uh, uh, with maybe a little less dialogue. They didn't literally need to have Yandu do the, uh, like, 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 that's me, boy. I'm the same way. Like, <laughs> I, I get that. But also, it Rooker's just so good. You just kind of want to spend time with him rooker explaining why he needs to cry like it's just like the best rooker oh, right? dude, i like, could watch rooker eat a handful of soup like he's just like this <laughs> he's just like this incredibly compelling face you can't you can't look away and i loved everything about yondu's character in this i also really like the sisters thing i really liked the fact that i didn't walk away i went in there thinking i'm gonna hate baby groot i'm gonna hate it it's gonna drive me nuts they're gonna over cutify it he's gonna be annoying we're gonna get like CGI Jar Jar Binks problems here or something. It's just not going to work for me. So wait, wait, were were you were you won over or made more wary by the fact that the the movie literally opens with nothing but a baby group <laughs> dance number? It had me there, and I was good the rest of the time. And I was actually, I actually really liked the, the Groot's usage. Like they made Groot so pinnacle to the first one, yeah. And they somehow managed to do it again. And it was cute and it was affecting when he's getting the shit kicked out of him by those other Reavers or Reapers or whatever they're yeah. called. Uh, they, they, I, I felt bad for this thing I knew didn't even exist, but I, but part of me was like, Oh my gosh, dude, I'd freaking punch these guys. If I saw him mistreating this little creature like this, like yeah. great, funny moments, heartfelt moments. Like first time in a movie in a very long time where a CGI only character creature had me rooting for it, feeling for it, worried about it. Like, that's rare. You know, I get that in video games sometimes, but that's usually in the construct of the entire game's a big artifice. But having this little fake little CGI character completely won me over. So all those fears were waylaid. I didn't I didn't feel bad about that at all. Uh, it was just Pac-Man, really. Let me ask you this. <laughs> just Pac-Man. I think we both really, really like this movie. Yeah. And I think part of the boldness of the movie is that it is this is just a guardian story. Mm. There is very little except like to understand. We, we continue to kind of see 
the uh, the, the the pain inflicted by Thanos indirectly, right? Yeah. Or maybe referred to uh, a few times in the uh, Gamora Nebula storyline, right? But we don't see him. No, nope. he's not there, cracking his knuckles or scheming and dreaming. We even go to Earth and see chaos unfolding on Earth, and yet no cameos from Avengers on Earth. The movie doesn't end with the Guardian saying we got to get back there. Right. We don't see any hint of a connection between how they get they get down uh, into the fight for uh, uh, for for the the big Infinity War. Uh, were you surprised yeah. that that this came without some of that that Marvel sinew to I, to I did. I did. I mean the first one didn't either, but we expected that because it was like an origin movie and there's no reason to really venture outside of your 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 little vacuum there, but I thought for sure at least in the post credits, especially when they said there were 5, I went, "Oh, well at least two of the 5 are going to be some reference or whatever." The only thing we ended up getting that was at well, all. No, we saw no the the first one. You had the same, you know, uh, uh, Thanos's secretary from Avengers mm -hmm. that Loki kept talking to, mm -hmm. right? And now he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. He gets murdered by the Pie Maker, uh, and and uh, like the, there was a connection very clearly between those two worlds. And we and and obviously now all of a sudden you're dealing with all these characters that are directly tied to Thanos, either Gamora being a daughter of Thanos or, uh, uh, you know, Drax being this warrior who was on a death mission to kill him. Right. So you've got, you're right. There's more connections in the first one than the second one. The second one, there's none of that. The only connective tissue I saw was during the credits. You got Jeff Goldblum sitting there in his like weird outfit that he's wearing in that Ragnarok trailer for Thor. And I thought my brain wasn't working right. I saw him in that, as it scrolling past and I went, Oh, why didn't why didn't I feel like I saw that scene? Did I get up and pee or something? Like what happened to that scene? And then I went, my brain was like, no, you dumbass. That's another movie set in the cosmic universe, because now you're with Thor and you're up way over whatever, and you got 70s motifs and all that, and he's fighting the Hulk. But that's a whole nother movie, and they snuck him into here. So to me, that's the only connection you're gonna get in this movie. If you're expecting more than that, you get a little Howard the Duck, fine, whatever. You get a little I freaking hate Howard the Duck. But you'll get other stuff. And that part was fine though, because I already—it's a known quantity. I can't be mad at it this time, because whatever, it's yeah. fine. But the first reveal was terrible. But anyway, the point is, you're gonna you're gonna give us a Guardians movie on the cusp of what it's about to be—the big Avengers two-part nightmare. Let's go, Thanos fight. You know, all the all stones. The heroes. We're putting all the heroes in one. Big old movie. Yeah, uh, and they didn't uh, do it. They didn't do it. Go 314 says that they introduced Adam Warlock. Yeah, they did. At the very, very end, you know, they make uh they they make a point to to kind of hint that Adam Warlock is coming, but Adam Warlock doesn't have anything to do with the rest no. of the MCU, or at least <laughs> as we are led to believe, it'll be it'll be in Guardians Three. Hi, who's this? Hey, uh, this is uh John. John, what's going on, John? Not too much. Sweet. I just wanted to say I actually I like your stream and uh There you go. That's the one. I actually hey, think hey. that that may actually be the kid from before, by the way. And as oh, he was really? talking, yeah, as he was talking, I went, "Uh-oh, I know this voice." Is this, is this this guy? Yeah, I think it might be the guy. 
It could be the guy. Everybody go donate to UNICEF. Yeah, everyone give some money to UNICEF. So here's the deal. Um, what was my what was I gonna say? Uh oh yeah. So all this 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 decision not to do any of that, have any crossover at all. I don't know if I feel like it's a missed opportunity, or maybe I'm kind of glad. Like I'm glad instead that maybe my mind focused on Mantis. She was fascinating to me. She was great. I loved her. I th- she's maybe my favorite character and didn't expect that going in either. And by the way, and I talked about this on the show this morning on TMS, I went later and looked her up. Her name's Palm something, P-O-M something. Uh, looked her up and she um, talks like that and has that same weird accent just in real life. And that, Really? Yeah, that was crazy. I was like, what? This is just you? This is straight up you? Because I thought she was affecting some kind of weird alien thing. Nope. She's like... Japanese heritage, born in Canada, raised somewhere else in Europe. She's moved all over the place, so she's got this weird mix of dialect-affected accents, and she's got that weird animated mouth kind of thing she does. I'm fascinated by her. I think she's an incredible casting, and I loved her in this. So Yeah, it looks like, uh, yeah, she's, uh, I guess she was in Old Boy? Yeah, what's Old Boy? I don't know what that is. The Korean. Oh, it was this was the Spike Lee remake of Old Boy. You ain't never seen Old Boy? No, I didn't see. I've never seen Old Boy. A person on the phone. Have you ever seen Old Boy? I have never seen Old Boy, Scott. All right. uh, I've always wanted to though. Well, Ian, it's Ian. It's I am Sci-Fi. Everybody, check him out. What hey, what's going on, hey, man? What is? Tell us what's uh, not, on your not mind. Too much. Did you see the movie? Uh, did, you, did you go out and see it last weekend? Oh, oh, what Guardians? Of, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just I've seen it twice already. Uh, I I saw it on uh, on on Friday night at the Draft House, and then I uh, I took my girlfriend to it on uh, on Sunday, and uh, uh, saw it in one of those like reclining seat theaters, and had some nice relaxing like ten thirty uh, half price matinee uh, action going on, and that was nice. uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, it's your what's your general? Well, obviously, you liked it. You saw it twice. Oh, I loved it. Um, uh, I have a question for you, Scott, before I get into my main point. So what did you think of the Galaga noises if you hated Pac-Man so much? Okay, so that didn't bother me as much. And I'm not sure why I could tell. It's, it's, for me, it's the same reason that the Hasselhoff moment didn't bother me. It, it, do, it wasn't presented in a way that was like, eh, Galaga, get it? Eh, eh, like that. Whereas the Pac-Man one was like, ah, it's Pac-Man. And then they had to throw Waka Waka in there just in case I didn't get it. Like, that's yeah. the difference. So so it was handled with like a, a more, I don't know, just a more delicate brush. It wasn't that weird to see. Wait, when, when was the Galaga sound? The sounds they made when those the, the fleet of gold people were firing their... Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were just... Yeah, they they yeah, sounded like video games. People. Yeah. yeah. And they sound... I, they, although one, one thing I also really appreciated about the gold people is the fact that Ben Browder uh, was playing the the Admiral. And I didn't catch it the first time. I catch, catch it the second time. So a little bit of a, a Farscape uh, insertion there. Oh, bit, no uh, way. That's that's kind of perfect, too, because he uh, the, that show was always about weird people made out of gold and stuff. <laughs> that's really cool. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, Sierra, your main point, what yeah. are you going to tell us? My main my main point is what I, what I appreciated the most about this one over the first one is that even if you didn't have as a soundtrack like because i mean you got like almost like all the 70s greatest hits going on in that in that first movie with this one every single song is plot relevant like every single song they're playing at that specific moment has something to do with that scene and you can even say that mr blue sky the lyrics to mr blue sky are the overarching story of the entire movie Mm -hmm. yeah you feel like he's talking about his dad 
Yeah, uh, and, and it's, that, it's, that was that was really really cool. I agree I with that. that my really my, my daughter said that on the way out of the theater, and I told her it was just a theory. But I have this theory. Maybe Justin, we can talk about this theory. But I have this theory that that they got more control over what to choose. In other words, this time around, they could say, "Yeah, we do want a George Harrison song." Brian this morning was talking about how that's a lot more expensive than licensing average songs from that era. Oh, so, sure. Yeah. So so maybe they they had such huge success with that first movie and projections were so high for this one, uh, 50 54 percent higher and they hit it uh, money wise. Yeah. So so maybe this is just a case of that where they they could just could be more picky and say, well, we want Fleetwood Mac. We want whoever they want ELO. We want these bigger names instead of the stuff that a lot of us. I mean, as much as I love the first soundtrack in the first movie, I didn't know half of it. Like some of it was just like, oh, it's perfect for this scene, but I never heard of it. But yeah, almost everything in this one I had heard. It was stuff when I was real little, or my uncle was into, or my brother would play, or whatever. And I recognized just about all of them. So yeah, here you go. You got a uh, uh, ELO, the Sweet, uh, uh, Lakeshore Drive. Obviously gets uh, gets gets played. Uh, that's it's fairly important in the story. Uh, the Chain by Fleetwood, Fleetwood Mac. Bring It On Home by Sam Cooke. Southern Nights by Glenn Campbell. My Sweet Lord. Uh, off the All Things Must Pass solo album by George Harrison. Uh, okay. And then, you know, Wham, wham Bam, Shang-A-Lang, uh, Surrender by Cheap Trick, Father and Son by Cat Stevens, and Flashlight by Parliament. Yeah, those are all bigger hits. So and I, I don't necessarily even mean more popular, but the bands themselves are, I don't know, more revered or whatever. So they, I think there's yeah. just, I think it's a money thing. And so creatively, they could do more uh, with what they had. So I don't know, you know, with this one doubling the the weekend take of the previous one, I don't know what that means for for three. Like, is three is the pressure on? We know James Gunn wants uh, to do it. James Gunn's going to write it. Yeah. He he came out and said that he is definitely he's in the process of writing it now. He is an executive producer on Infinity War, uh, and Infinity Gauntlet. If it's actually going to be Infinity Gauntlet, and the Thor movie, I think, isn't he? Thought he was. Isn't he in some? He seems to be the new. Uh, him and the Russos seem to have kind of inhabited the. Uh, yeah. The, the role that that uh um what's his nuts had before. Uh, uh Joss Whedon. Yeah. Joss Whedon. That poor guy. <laughs> he's fine. He's fine. He'll do all the things he wants to do in life. He's totally fine. He got a little burnt there. He's out. What are you gonna do? Oh shoot. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. What else is there to say about this movie? Because I feel like we really, really liked it, but but either we're not like there's just aside from the, the stupid Pac-Man thing, like <laughs> like what else is there really uh, to kind of go over except to say, listen, it's a great flick. It's inside of its own universe. There's not really a ton of like, ooh, like nerd, like 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 yeah, you know, like they hinted at a Warlock, cool. Mm-hmm. They, I think they did ego about as well as you could possibly do that character. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They tweaked it around a bit, but it, they, I think they got yeah, the essence of but, it pretty well. You know, they, they, how do you beat a planet? How do you interact <laughs> with a planet? They did it. They solved that problem. Well, we know we're not getting one before these other Avengers deals. So if they're, if they're truly going to be part of an Avenger crossover, like they've been saying for all this time. Now I'm a little, now I don't know. Cause the fact that you'd have any of that stuff in there makes me wonder, like, I don't know. Will they, are they going to have that crossover? Are they going to have uh, star Lord's going to show they, up? They, they, they made sure to show that, that in their like now shooting 
uh, a little sizzle. They, they, the three people they had talking on set were Robert Downey Jr., Chris Pratt, and boy, what plays Spider-Man? <laughs> uh, Tom Holland. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I know. You're, you're totally right. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, it's TVZ Down. Hey, man, what's going on? Oh, not too much. Just uh, hyped from the movie and hyped from uh, all the interesting stuff coming up for uh, Marvel. I know you guys are talking about James Gunn, and uh, I, I he's definitely Marvel's golden boy right now, and uh, I'm interested to see what happens because I, I didn't quite catch it, but from what I understand, he's going to basically back up uh, Kevin Feige, but just for the Marvel uh, uh, cosmic stuff. Mm. Is that right? From mm. what I understand. Oh, that's interesting. So he's so yeah. So he's gonna. I mean, Matt's interesting. If he's kind of the go-to guy on like big decision making for the cosmic universe, that's that could mean a lot of interesting projects in the future that may seem like they were never going to get made. In other words, like as weird as Guardians is, there is some weird shit in the Marvel cosmic universe that they could totally. Well, I think, totally. You know, the, the 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 question now is past the big infinity war what are your marvel franchises because mm. you get the sense that a few of them might be going away mm. like we mm. might not see a thor after infinity war you know we might not see a a captain america in the way that we've seen captain america we, we're probably not going to see an iron man in the way that we've seen iron man you know now what what do those franchises look like and if we now have space do we fill, you know, is there room for a Rocket or Drax spinoff, you know, like or that where they interact with another weirder element of the cosmic universe? Yeah, like, that's a really good question. Yeah, I agree. I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I a Rocket Drax slash Rocket uh, Groot full, fully adulted Groot again spinoff would be something I would totally watch. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? This is Nate from Florida. Hello, Nate from Florida. What's on your mind, sir? Dude, I've noticed that the movie was set in 2014 instead of 2017. Oh, weird. No, I didn't notice that. How did you? How? Where did you get? It was it part of a subtitle I missed or something? Right. So the flashback scene takes place in 1980, and then it says 34 years later. Oh, so they just carried it on from where they were in 2014. See, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know the first movie was set in 2014, Justin. That's news to me. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's just when it came out, right? Right. Like, so I, real time, I guess, is how they handled this. Pre present day, <laughs> and then it's three months after present day. Yeah, is when we when we meet our meet our heroes, yeah. and uh, an ego has tracked them down. Oh, hey, here's something that you were kind of worried about. Um. Uh, uh, it seems like there's like this whole other Ravager movie that we don't see. Oh shit! On yeah. the other side of it, but but Sylvester Stallone's there <laughs> and he's cool. You know, he shows he's in two scenes. Uh huh. Uh, uh, I think him and him and Rooker in their in their cliffhanger uh, reunion uh, <laughs> hit really well together, and then he's like this emotional validation in in the final scene of the movie. Mm -hmm. But it's like kind of like, oh, I, I guess they overcast this role for a reason. Otherwise, you could just have, you know, bullet head number four play <laughs> that character for all the lines he had. Did you know he was in it before going in? 
I did. I no, we mentioned it last week. Oh, I've forgotten because by the time if we did, I totally forgot because when I went in there and he showed up, I went, oh, "What the what? Why is he in this?" Like that totally caught me off guard. I mean, I knew like at the end during one of the post credit scenes, you got Michelle Yeoh in there, you got uh, uh, Ving Rhames is in this, uh, is one of these aliens in one of these ships at the end uh, that are all like saying "Good job, Yondu," and I can't remember who else, but. Like, I get those kind of cameo spots. This was like a role. Like, he was all up in it. It wasn't a huge role, but it was a role, and it definitely felt like, oh. He's got, he's got two scenes, and they both carry emotional resonance because <laughs> he's got to effectively outcast Yondu, so Yondu goes on his journey. His journey is, you know, the, the, the Yondu story is what him reconciling the mistakes of his own life and wondering mm -hmm. whether or not he was ultimately a net positive or a net negative for his son, Peter Quill. Yeah. Right. That he knows he saved his life, but he was always kind of irredeemable. Should he have ever even interacted with, uh, with, with Peter Quill, especially because, you know, he winds up going to ego anyway. Ego finds out that he actually has, this power, maybe he should have just delivered him there to begin with, but he secretly kind of knows, oh no, he goes an asshole. And you want to know what? I was a good dad. And, and, and I can now focus on this because it's the only thing that matters to me now that I've been exiled from the ravagers. Yeah. It was good uh, stuff. Like that stuff was way more. I mean, for a character like Yondu in the first movie that was, well, him and James Gunn's brother's character were just kind of a little throwaway. They were plot devices in the first movie. Yeah. And, and then People it, think that that the, the the team that is assembled by Sylvester Stallone is the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, really? So what does that mean? I mean, are we going to get more of him? Do you think? Or are we done with this? Is that what's a little one off? Are oh we, no, I think he's you don't cast Sylvester <laughs> Stallone and put him in there for two things. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you what made me interested, and this is this has this gives me a little bit of hope. You got Sylvester Stallone, and then he's flanked by a bunch of no namers i don't know who the mr but one of them's made out of like diamonds or something and as soon as i saw these guys his little tr crew of people walking around with him and guarding him i went i would like to know more about them please like i would like another yeah. can i please have another story about diamond face what's his deal yeah you know i love that Not stuff taser face taser face gets dealt with yeah taser face had got his in the end but uh there was a great photo on uh james gunn's twitter where he shows all of those guys taser face and that kind of whole group uh, including, I can't remember, maybe Rooker was there, but he says, there's never any such thing as a party at my house where all of these guys aren't there. And yeah. uh, I did a little more digging, and it turns out, I guess, these are just his straight-up pals. Like, No, him and Rooker are, like, tight. Yeah. Like, they've been tight for, for ever. I yeah. think that's amazing. I think it's so cool that he gets to bring his friends in. It doesn't feel contrived. Um, he's obviously close to his brother because he keeps working with him. Yeah. And his brother was great in this, like actually, actually really great in this. And finally I was able to go, oh, it's not Kirk from freaking Gilmore Girls anymore in my head. It's, yeah. it's, it's him as this other dude now and that's good. And he's wearing silver teeth and everything's great in the world. But I would like to know more about all of that stuff. Like that's my kind of movie. I want more uh, renegade dudes stealing stuff and breaking stuff and raiding planets and and they all are just ragtaggy, and one's made out of uh, freaking crystals, and the other guy looks like a lizard. And I want more of that. So if you want to spin me off a little something, I'd I'd take it and let still let Stallone kind of head that up. That's fine. That's a movie I'd see. Uh, 
So, yeah, no, these are the original Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. uh, including Yandu Udanta. Sylvester Stallone plays Stalker Ogard. Michael Rosenbaum, he's your diamond head. Mm -hmm. uh, Martinez uh, Tanaga. Thing Rames is Charlie 27. Michelle Yeoh as Aletta Orgard. Uh, and Kurgar and Mainframe with the later voiced uncredited by Miley Cyrus. What? What? Yeah. Okay. okay. That's just I weird enough that I want a whole movie. I'm not kidding. And if they went to the trouble to bring them all in, you brought them all in. That's a bunch of trouble to bring. What, have Ving Rames dress up like he did and have those guys look all tiny next to him and all the stuff they because did? That's your third movie. It's Adam Warlock and it's the Guardians versus the Guardians, right? Like oh. then they're probably going to be for whatever reason on either side of the fence. Okay, well, that answers your question. That's where they go from here then. Maybe they don't like that, go. Those are the pieces that are set up. Yeah. Because maybe whatever they do is a little more incidental, although with Thanos as the bad guy, I don't know how it's incidental, but maybe their Avengers stuff isn't that big of a deal. They come in like Spider-Man, do a thing and get out. Maybe, maybe they, that's what happens and we get them on the other side of that back to their stuff. And I don't know how I feel about it. I think I'm okay with that. I mean, this is the team up movie I prefer to the, to the Avengers. Well, like, you know, here's the thing about this flick and civil war had it too. And I really do think that Marvel deserves to be commended for it. Is that again, everybody has a little story mm -hmm. everybody goes through a phase where they have one way of thinking about the world they have to face that and through actions that occur in the story they wind up becoming kind of different now some of these are carried literally just through conversations like boring ass sitting on a couch shot reverse shot uh, 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 attack of the clone style on on uh, uh, on on Council Tron or whatever the stupid planet is. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, where they're just kind of sitting there, but it's like Drax. You know, Drax is is a character who was really humanized in the first movie based on his pain from his lost family. He's not just a psychopath; he's this honorable warrior. But like. He has this little journey with with Mantis, you know, mm -hmm. where, where he's like reconciling his feelings with somebody who can read his feelings. Yeah. No, I, I, dude, Mantis. She I and mean, she's already she shows up as a uh, uh, cast in the Avengers stuff. So she'll show up, I guess. So I guess they're all going to show up. But anyway, the point is, whatever. I went in thinking I don't want to even know about Antenna Lady. Didn't know much about her anyway, her character. So I went yeah. in going, ah, OK, whatever. It's a new character. I'm sure she'll be fine, but really what I'm into is this over here. And I ended up being so enamored with her and everything she said and did and was. And I don't know what it was, but she's got me. A little yeah. secret, secret crush on the human bug right here. So when is Thor coming out? Uh, I mean, I'm just like, I don't know. I just love these these Marvel movies, man. I just want, I just want the next one. Well, let's take a look. Thor Ragnarok release date is... Uh, November 3rd. So you got to wait until this fall. Oh, boo. Weekend of BlizzCon. So I don't know what I'll do. I'll probably see it there. Um, And yeah, we got a ways to go. And there's nothing in between except some DC stuff. So later or in June, oh, early crap. June. Do you know who composed the score for Thor Ragnarok? Uh, No. Who? Mark Mothersbaugh. Oh, no way. Really? Yeah. He's, now, uh, he's done themes and stuff before. Uh, but usually for, I mean, not usually for like 
blockbuster movies. No, oh, isn't he? Uh, what's he known for, though? A little band called Devo. Oh, Devo. That's right. He's the Devo guy. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. He's doing the th- uh, the thing to that. He did. Uh... <laughs> he's done a well, bunch of stuff. He, you know, he's done uh, Wes Anderson soundtracks. Is probably where I know him bo- most for. He did 21 Jump Street, Hotel Transylvania 1 and 2, Lego Movie, Life Aquatic from, uh, like you said. Well, maybe he's just, maybe he's done more stuff lately that I just haven't realized. That's great, though. That's great. He's 66. Look at him just killing it. Him and uh, him and what's his bucket from Boingo. That's great. Just making movie scores. That's what you should do. All rock and roll and weird like pop musicians. They should retire to movie film scoring. I think that'd be get that'd that be check. Yeah, get that fat check. And uh, don't forget that Takey Wakiti or have you say his name? Aiko Watiti. I think he's going to be your next big deal. He is going to be I'm putting money on this. He's going to be your guy to watch. He's going to make movies that blow people's minds. He's going to once in a while make some small thing like what we do in the shadows again. Everyone's going to love it because he's never going to quite leave his roots, but he's going to do big shit like Thor. And we're all going to just think he's great. So James Gunn, watch your back. You got a new, I guess they're buddies too. So it probably doesn't matter. Uh, Well, Hey, by the way, also uh, we did forget Spider-Man. Spider-Man is in July. So that, that'll, that'll give us Uh, our, our, our Marvel fix. Yeah. Um, You know, uh, aren't you a little uh, bummed that no guardian stuff will carry through any of this yet? A little, just a tiny bit. I don't, I'm not. I was, I was literally like expecting right up until they started turning on the house lights, <laughs> like at the Alamo draft house, that there's no way you can have a gigantic disaster happen on earth mm-hmm. and then not have somebody from the Avengers look at a screen and say like, I don't know about this. Like, you know, Somebody like send uh, uh, the, the robot, the Android up there or something. Somebody, you know, like, why couldn't he do it? He's all kind of omnipotent, and weird. He could have gone up and said, I'm here to tell you that we're blah, 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 we need your help or something. I was totally surprised. Still a little surprised. that We got nothing. Uh, so. Well, the movie made a mint uh, uh, 140,000, 140 million rather uh, compared to the 90 million that the original made. It'll be curious to see how it holds going forward. I don't think that this is going to be the runaway uh, success that that the Avengers was, uh, or I I don't think it's going to outgross the Avengers, which I initially thought just because this is a sadder movie. I don't think that, that the sad movies necessarily, unless you are like super playing four quadrant like Titanic was, uh, I don't think that sad movies tend to make as much as good move as as happy fun movies. And although this movie is hilarious at times, I mean it. It's about you know it's about bad dads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just it, it's it's a big daddy issue of a movie in all these like whiz bang pastels. Yeah. No. It's it's if you've got dad issues, welcome to this movie. Oh, other thing I liked about it, real quick when they're playing ball with the little ball he conjures up. Yeah. That could have been terrible. That could have been cheese bag McGillicuddy. And it was so well handled. So I'm telling you the Pac-Man could have been better. That's all. Oh my God. Cause look how well he did with the ball thing. That's so cliche. Even the music, the swelling music. Scott, it's, 
He doesn't know how to use his powers. He had previously mentioned it. He has no idea what he's doing. It's the first time he's ever done anything like this. It happens to be a, a, a funny, silly thing that gets punched out two seconds later. I knew that this was going to be 90% of the show, <laughs> by the way. I knew that we're that, like, there's no way we weren't going to get through this show without having half of it be about this stupid throwaway guy. I know. It's, imp- it's impossible for me. Here's how they fix it, though. Okay, so James Gunn, if you're listening, free before you. All you had to do was have a close-up of him going, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I've never, I haven't done this before. And then just kind of have it be the only thing I can think of. That makes it better. Instead, it looked like, rah, giant ego, rah, Pac-Man. Waka, yeah. waka, waka, waka. It's bad. It's bad. Stop it. All right. Apparently, uh, one of the, uh, and this was a great scene where uh, uh, Rocket and Yondu <laughs> wind up uh, uh, making 700 jumps through space to get to Ego's planet. Uh, one of the places that they, they zip through is Sakaar, which will be uh, a, a main set in uh, uh, Ragnarok, apparently. Oh, was that where they were, uh, they were annoyed by the interruption or whatever? How did that go? I don't remember how it went now. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. I mean, there was that was that was the first Stan Lee cameo where he's telling the other oh. he's telling the watchers about all of his other cameos in the Marvel Universe, which I I, I love that. Where he's just like, it was fine. At one time, I was a federal express <laughs> delivery man. <laughs> it was all right. It was OK. Was great. I love that. It was fine. I did like them zipping around. I think the scene of the movie for me was Yondu's uh, arrow going through the prison and taking everybody out in a very musical way. Loved all that. That was a great, great. scene. I mean, I think I said the next day, you're going to see like two or three of those shots, like on, you know, like the, like the Twitter, like the one perfect shot yeah. Twitter. Like there are a couple just magnificent, gorgeous shots in this movie. They are so well done. Yeah, it's incredible. So go see it. If you haven't seen it, Hopefully we've helped you want to go see it. Just don't worry about the Pac-Man thing. I've blown it out of proportion so much that you're not, it's not going to bug anyone. That's my job here is to make it go down easy. So uh, real quick. All right. Mullet says, I tried to call in. Did you guys like how Peter turned on ego or was it like my friend said, this movie's Martha moment. Number one, don't you dare blaspheme the greatest scene <laughs> in movie three, the Martha scene from Batman versus Superman. It is in and of itself. One of the most brilliant pieces of cinema ever achieved. Uh, number two, the whole movie's about how the about how the dad is bad, and if there's a rightful criticism to the film, it's that you know he's a crap dad, right? Because he has crap dad written all over him from the moment that you meet him. So if anything, the movie certainly drags out our characters realizing that this guy is as bad as he is. Where you would almost hope that they would be smart enough initially. To realize, oh God, no, this guy is evil, and and we need to figure out how to get the hell out of here as soon as as possible. But the story of the movie is that family can be poisonous. Family can be your strength. Family can be your downfall. Mm-hmm. And 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 that those are the themes. So yes, of course he turned on him. That was the point of the movie, and I think that everything was leading up to that scene. Now, the fact that they made an entire movie called Batman versus Superman, where the final moment that Batman doesn't kill Superman is hinging on the fact that Superman uses his mom's first name in common 
uh, common conversation end that they both have the same first names and they need Lois Lane <laughs> to come in and explain everything because it's so convoluted even as the scene is going on. That is art. <laughs> uh, I can't argue with that. I'm with Justin on this. Also, even uh, 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 even uh, if you think that's a quick, even if you judgment. think that's a big negative, I don't think it was a Martha moment that he's referring to. Anyway, go ahead. Snap judgment. Dark uh Dark Tower trailer. Yes. Uh, no. to be determined. I'm it's my favorite book series of all time. I read it when I was a kid. I've read it five times over. Like I can't get enough Dark Tower and it doesn't quite seem like the movie I thought I was going to get, but I'm still stoked. I mean, who am I kidding? I want to see it. How about you? Where are I've you? I've never at read it? the books. Hmm. All I know is all my friends love it, and it kind of looks like a second-rate superhero movie. Yeah, in the that's the worry I have. It's it's not even so much second-rate hero movie. It's just a little matrixy. It's a little. It's not the common. I mean, Stephen King always said his two chief inspirations: Clint Eastwood westerns, and Middle Earth and Lord of the Rings. And I'm not getting either vibe. And I don't mean I need to, it doesn't need to feel like a Peter Jackson movie or a spaghetti Western. I just mean, you know, where's my dusty desert and my, you know, the man in black fled and the, and the, and the gunslinger followed moment. Like where's, where is that weird mythos? And I'm not, I'm just not feeling it yet. Everybody's a little too clean. It's uh, you're in the city too much. You're too much in the present with the kid, Jake. Like, I don't know. I just don't know. It kind of, uh, kind of feel like Matthew McConaughey is going to like sell me bourbon or something like uh, like he's just kind of like cool ass Matthew McConaughey. And he's like, hey, I'm into killing or <laughs> drinking this brand of bourbon. <laughs> right. Anyway, we're all cool here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know yet either. See, they're not showing enough of him, but the man in black, Randall Flagg, the walking dude he's known as sometimes is one of the coolest characters and bad guys in history, in history of, of written word. He's so great. And I'm just yeah, not, I, I just gotta, don't know yet. Uh, just don't know yet. That did not impress me. I'm sure I will see it because all my friends love it and it's going to be a big thing. But like, uh, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, uh, and then final final thing, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, Blade Runner trailer. Yes, yeah. no, maybe so. Uh, very much, 100% so. I think the the adherence to tone from the original is, is kind of breathtaking even for just a trailer. And they were using like Vangelis like synthy music in the background. Like there's clearly an effort to not over modernize things. And I'm into that. And uh, the only real hang up for me is how much Harrison Ford and does he wear anything but a casual T-shirt and jeans? Because he looks like he just walked in on set and just said, hey, I'll do this for five minutes. And that's my only yeah, really they were like they were like, hey, uh, so here's your wardrobe. And he's like, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Harrison Ford. I got to get back to the garage. <laughs> Uh, so it looks good, but I look good. Yeah. It, it looks um, curious. And you know how yeah. I feel about yeah. that director and how his recent movies are amazing. And I love he's, he's the best. Yeah, no, yeah. he's a Villeneuve. Yeah, he's incredible. Roll. Sicario freaking the arrival like this is going to be great. And everyone yeah. should be excited about it. And I don't even know when it is. When is that movie? Uh, Next year. Is it next year? Oh, we got like a year. Shit. Well, then you got Alien Covenant later this month, everybody. So get ready for that. Or at least I'll be seeing it. Uh, wait, is that that doesn't come out this week, does it? No, it's the 20. It's oh, 20. No, 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 no. Blade Runner 2049 comes out this year, October 6th. Oh, okay. All right. Ooh, October's a good month then. All right. Uh, good stuff, everybody. Thanks for listening and watching. Justin, would you like to pimp anything before we go? 
yeah, uh, go to my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Justin R. Young. You can subscribe there, get the emotes, and uh, have a good time uh, streaming every day. Every every freaking day over there. Every the day. Hardest working guy on Twitch. Uh, I got stuff going, too, that I can't think of anything. I've been signing so many free comic book day prints. It's insane. If you want to see what that looked like, go to uh, youtube.com slash Scott Johnson. You'll find it all right there. I put up a video today of me and Carter signing these prints. They're all free. They went out to thousands of you this week. Huge thanks to everybody who supported that, and uh, hope you enjoy your free stuff. Uh, Frogpants.com for everything else. Hotline Monday can be found there as well. Frogpants.com slash Hotline Monday. That's going to do it for us, for me, and for Justin, and for all of you. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com.